The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to What A Night, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network, where we talk about all things Tottenham Hotspur. Joining myself, Sean Walsh, as ever, is my good friend, Jude Summerfield. How have you been, mate? Been fine, mate. Yeah, all good. Um been signing myself in Barcelona, but... Um, been back to Barcelona. That. Couldn't get enough. Couldn't get enough of it, mate. Although this time the um, the vibes were a little more frantic and illegal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, a, li- a little less of the, the, you know, the meeting room chat and um, just lagers, really. <laughs> lagers. Some, some Sun. lagers. Yeah, exactly. Just the beach and the beer. Yeah, what more could you want? What more could you want? How have you been, my friend? Yeah, I've been all right. I mean, we haven't we haven't spoken in a couple of weeks. We haven't had time to sit down and record the pod because you've been away. I've been away. I've had to I've had some kind of ill health, but we're good now. We're good now. No worries. We're all, all good. good and we're back. And you know, since we've been away, Tottenham haven't really kind of blown up or anything. Like, get not not really used to. I know there's no matches, but I'm not really used to going from week to week without a drama at this club. Yeah, there's, there's been a few social media days where people have got excited and then um, things haven't <laughs> quite turned out the way we wanted them to go. But um, yeah, it's been nice and nice and quiet and the news that we have had has been pretty good. So that big injection of cash into the club and then... Obviously signing Ivan Perisic. How about that? God, I know, I know. Yeah, how, yeah. See, just just plain sailing right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice to have some some good feel around the club for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well. Just to quickly, I was going to sandwich this in somewhere. I guess this is a good point to do it since we talk about good news. Um, a special congratulations to Dan Kilpatrick of this parish after the birth of his first child. So, oh, congratulations, nice. matey. Yes, yeah. congrats, Dan. Yeah, he's very. He's very happy, but I can't imagine he'd be listening to this. Too <laughs> and if he is listening, and if you are listening to this, Dan, turn it off. Go back to work. <laughs> You're not needed. Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I think we should probably, before we go in, you can probably tell from the title, this is going to be largely a season review of the 2021-22 campaign because we haven't really had time to sit down and talk about it. I think it's been good that we've had a few weeks to kind of digest everything and to take a step back away from everything but yeah in that time we've been planning for the 2022-23 season and kicked off the hopefully maybe a quite large summer of spending with the free signing of Ivan Perisic what did you make of that Jude? Uh, I thought I thought it was great 
Um, yeah, he's a player who, whenever you watch at the Euros or at the World Cup, they always just stand out. Um, whether that be like mm. a, a great goal he scores for Croatia or um, just bombing up and down the left. Um, always thought he would come to the Prem at some point because he seemed quite suited for the division. You know, he's quite a powerful runner, good on both feet, good good finisher as well. But I, I didn't think it'd be for Spurs or it'd be this late in his career mm. as well. Mm. Um, so or as a wingback. Yeah, or as a wingback. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I think it's mega that he signed. I know there's like some concerns over his age and all that. And, but, you know, we're living in a good age of sports science. He might have another four or five years <laughs> left in him yet. You never know. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really, uh, really positive that we're going to have one of those wingbacks who can finish as well. Because the amount of times he went through, like, especially at left wingback with Sessegnon and Regulon. I think Regulon was the bigger culprit for it, wasn't he? That he just, like, yeah. sky these brilliant yeah. chances that, I don't know who, like, Kane would put on a plate for him. And it'll be good to have some composure. So I think it just definitely raises the quality of the team, 100%. Well, did you see the... Did you see the compilation that someone made of like it was it was cut so there's Eric um Perisic doing his crosses with Inter and then it cuts to Kane finishing it? <laughs> Which it's not it's not it's not an exact science, but you get an idea of you know, this is an accomplished wide player. This is you said it, this is someone who's played in a lot of big games, important games. Like I think it's really noticeable that you said Perisic is someone who's done really well at World Cups and Euros and stuff. I think that's really that really matters when it comes to to players of this caliber because I expect him to come to the Premier League as well. I think he seems like you know he's got the the physicality, he's two footed. Um, it seemed like he was going to be destined to play in the Premier League. Didn't think it was going to be Spurs. You're right. I thought he seemed very much. I know he's linked to Man United a lot when Mourinho's there, so that was one that Mourinho really wanted. But it did. He felt quite Chelsea to me, like you know, yeah. kind of Willian Pedro mold of like wide forwards who the fans might not always really like, but they're really effective. Like he might just have a season where he scores like 10 goals against 10 assists and he proves to be really useful and he scores like a winner in a cup final or something. And it's it's exciting that we're going to have one of those players. Obviously, I know there are the caveats with his age and Arsenal fans have been quick to point that out. They're saying, yes. you know, they're trying to cope, you know, saying, oh, if if Arteta signed a 33-year-old wing back, oh... There'd be there'd be riots. There'd be riots. Yeah, that was the line, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, to me, genuinely, is not worth paying any attention to because it's not any. It's not good good analysis. (laughs) It's just straight up whinging. So I really wouldn't worry about that. I think. Yeah, I think. I I think you're you're right about the sports science thing, definitely. But I also think this is someone who has been written off a lot in the last two or three years. Um. And I think if you keep saying, oh, he's going to fall off. Like, it's like, you know, when you watch a penalty shootout, you, you say, he's going to miss, he's going to miss, he's going to miss. Eventually you're going to be right. And someone will miss because that's how the penalty shootout ends. Yeah. Um, but Perisic will fall off at some point. I don't think it'll be this season because he's had probably one of his best seasons in his career to date. Like I know Inter yeah. fell short in the Serie A title race and he was he was he wasn't getting as many goals and assists, but he was playing as wing back. He was still putting up decent numbers. But he scored he scored a I believe the winner in the Coppa Italia final. At least did, one of the yeah. goals that put them ahead. Yeah. He might have, yeah. So yeah. It's someone who's coming up with important contributions even at this age. I don't think I would believe that we've done our due diligence on his kind of physical state. I don't think if they give Conte 
was wary of any kind of wear and tear when he was at Inter, then he would have been quite wary of signing him now. So yeah. I think this is this is like if you're going for if you wanted like one player to go into that spot for next season, um, Perisic is right towards the top of that list. You're just picking a team, just picking yeah. an eleven. Be great, yeah. and it's, I think this would be great for Ryan Session as well because you know Perisic is going to play every game. Session wasn't going to play every game. Session is injured half the time anyway. We do have quite a bit of depth now at um, wing back, even if we were to sell one or two of them, because you know Doherty when he comes back he can play either side really. Um, if Regan stays, then good, we have more cover there. If he goes, then we still have cover anyway. So I think that was really kind of a good squad filling option. And we got there ahead of Chelsea and Juventus. And I think that shows where we are now. We're competing with these guys yeah. for these transfers. Yeah, 100%. Well, just like on any sort of you know injury concern, he's played 30 plus league games every season for Inter since he went there in 2015, I think. Which just shows like he's 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 very fit and like he takes care of himself and he doesn't seem to have too many injury problems, you know. Like that might be the curse now, but let's <laughs> not think about that. <laughs> That's absolutely fine, yeah. And he's somebody who's who's obviously played under Antonio Conte before, even if it it might have just been for that one season um, where they won the league. So um, I think I think it's a really smart smart addition. I really do. Did you read it? Did you read Conte's comments that resurfaced when he first got to Inter? No, I think I missed those. I think I missed those. Um, so basically, in his first preseason, he was playing Perisic as a striker, and he got asked about it in a press conference, and it was just basically like um, Perisic at the moment doesn't have the capabilities to play wide in my system, like he needs to adapt to stuff like this. And eventually, he ended up going out on loan to buy in that season. But when he came back, he was in the team a bit more. He was a bit more useful. So I thought that was quite interesting that this isn't someone who was necessarily a Conte favourite and yet it does feel very much like Conte was the brains behind this idea to bring him in at wing back so I thought that was quite interesting an interesting yeah. little nugget <laughs> yeah, good little nugget um, and then we also signed a new backup goalkeeper in Fraser Forster <laughs> mate if if Mark Club had been signed in Fraser Forster right there'd be riots <laughs> up and down <laughs> up and down Islington, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, this was this is a this was a fine one, right? I mean it, it it's uh it's it's an understudy, it brings us another homegrown player as well, I think, which I think is Yeah, I think that's that's important, isn't it? Like yeah, which they just put home with, Yeah, especially if like a player like Winks or someone like that leaves, and that's one out of out of the thing too. Um, and then he's just massive as well. And, you know, I like, you know, he's sort of disproportionately massive. I, don't, just, I, just think, it's, I think it's just going to be quite fun watching him between the sticks for Spurs. You know, he's not like a great kicker, but, you know, he is big and he's had some good games against us in the past. So, um, as number two's go, I think, yeah, I'm thinking that's pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, I remember talking to somebody about it recently. They were like, oh, you know, backup keeps quite important. It's like, do you know how much of a luxury option it is? To- have a good like good good mm. good backup goalkeeper like it's just it just doesn't happen you basically the only teams who have good backup goalkeepers are teams that rotate them yeah so you know can't I'm not imagining that Maurice is rotating with Forster it's not going to happen but at least Forster I know I think he gets quite overrated because he's someone described him to me as a match of the day goalkeeper like <laughs> this is the guy this is basically someone who helped us get top four because he was so good against um Arsenal earlier this yep. season they were beating 1-0 great 
great performance there. I think that I think that helped him get back in the England squad as well. That was one of the performances which caught the eye. So this is so I think the important thing is he's not a total liability, which <laughs> I couldn't really say about Galini because if every felt it felt like every time that Galini played, he was up to some nonsense. You know, yeah, something, something was bad happen. was gonna happen. Yeah. But like I think Forster's got even fewer opportunities to play in the upcoming season than Galini did because obviously mm. there's Champions League mm. now. So any European games aren't he's not going to be jumping <laughs> stuck in for yeah. those. I don't think. Confirmed. We yeah. cannot play Europa Conference League football next season. It won't happen. Woo! The worst is that we drop into the Europa League. <laughs> yeah. Levels to this stuff. There are levels. Yeah. Um but yeah, he'll be he'll be fine. I think (laughs) (laughs) it won't be on anyone's like end of season signings of the summer lists. So (laughs) all he really has to do is not post a congratulatory um, social media (laughs) thing after we lose three nil and he will already have done a better job than Joe Hart in this role a couple of seasons ago. So the bar's not that high. No, it's really high. Yeah. Yeah. can't imagine this would be the last signing we make this window. I'll, like we're talking a million to one odds here. Um, I do believe, uh, as reported on 90min.com recently, the deal for Jed Spence is nearing. It does feel like there is confidence within Tottenham that they will be the ones to get a signing. That mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of the other teams have kind of settled for that and moved on as well. Um, what do you make of that? Because I've been quite. I understand it. I understand it if this is Tottenham of the last five, six years. I'm less so understanding of it if it's we're doing this as a Conte win now kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not one that, yeah, it doesn't really fall in, into that latter category at all, does it? Um, I think it's I think it's exciting. I've, I've followed a few um, mm. Nottingham Forest fans on, on Twitter and... Um, I think a few of them had just started to say <laughs> that um, he couldn't defend because it looked like he was leaving. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was just looking for a chance to slag him off. Um, but from what I've seen, he's, he's a good little player. How he fits into to Spurs at the moment, it's I, I don't I'm not really sure. It'd be it would be strange if he was just dumped straight in at, at right wing back and um, was tasked with playing Champions League games and. Yeah. Big, big games. He's not somebody I know a huge ton about, to be honest. Mm. I, mean, I, I watched some of the Champions Championship playoffs and he looked lively. And that Nottingham Forest team looked quite lively in general. So it'd be good to have a look at them next season. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's another one. So if, if that goes through, we're going to have what, like six wing backs on the books with, yeah. with, with, the, um, with the upcoming season. So I mean, I'd, I'd imagine somebody would have to be moved on after that yeah I, I think it's probably I think if they got a good offer for someone like regular it'll probably be that just because it's, yeah 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 it does seem like he's on weird, the chopping block yeah yeah he's like in that weird little um middle ground where he's not somebody who's gonna or it doesn't feel like he's somebody who immediately improves the team when he's playing or is young enough to like have you know potential up to the roof um yeah when he's not doing it quite so well now. Um, but we'll see. Like, yeah, it'd be, it'd, Jed Spence would be a good signing. Yeah. I think it's, it, I feel like it. we must have been looking at between him and Adama Traore again, because I, I think we were interested in <laughs> Adama again once it became obvious that Barcelona were going to buy him. I think, because on one side you have 
what Conte craves in a wing back, which is goal and assist contributions. And I think it looks like on the other that he really wanted more of a kind of dribbler, out and out winger kind of option. And I think that's probably what Spencer's closer to than he's closer to Triore in stylistic terms than he is to Perisic. So yeah. I wonder if that's part of the thing. Is this part of Conte's tactical plan? Because, you know, with Emerson Royale last season, when he was at right wing back, you know, he was given acres of space to run into and just didn't ever attack it, didn't ever put in a good cross. I know he got better down the stretch of the season and played really well defensively, but it's him and Regulon. Those are guys who are fullbacks and not wingbacks. So Emerson was given there? space like deliberately by teams. <laughs> yeah, it was their plan. <laughs> like, stand off him, he's not going to do anything. <laughs> 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 it's quite telling to see that sort of, you know, the judgment be that noticeable, even if he did yeah. like perform pretty well at the end. But they, yeah, teams are just like all the space you want, and doesn't like attack it. You're not going to do anything, which is sad. Yeah, I do. I do feel for Emerson a bit. I do think that is, you know, this is his first year in England. Um, they came into quite a unsettled team. He had quite, quite like kind of busy summer last summer moving to Barcelona first and then getting shifted out again. Mm. Um, I do want, I do, I, I, this is something that I genuinely do think about. You know, if Emerson was playing in the championship last season, I think he's about, he's the same age as Spencer, if not like a year older, you know, would he have looked as impressive? I don't, I don't think he's got the same kind of quality, so I don't know, but this is something that I've been thinking about. It's something. Cause I can't, I can't trust mm. transfers anymore, Jude. I can't trust. Every, <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I can't like, you know, I thought, you know, you know, the one that broke me was it was Ndombele. Because when we signed Ndombele, I thought, yes, this is it. This is the guy who's going to be Dembele's long-term there. He's got a bit of more generics about him too in the way that he create chances. And then he just wasn't ever that good. We had about three good months of him and they, they came as a free roll number 10. So I can't yeah. trust. I can't trust, can't trust him. Anymore. I can't wait to get I'll him. see it. I need to see it to believe it. Mate. When when you ask who I who who's going to come good next season, I've got a great one lined up. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's one all the gammons will not particularly like. So <laughs> excellent. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good point to move on to our season review then, Jude, because it was a long old season. It was a long oh, old season. Technically was... still going. If you're counting the international, we're technically still going. So oh, we have to count Nations League. Absolutely. Oh. Don't, don't be discounting Nations League. It's very, very important. I'm not disrespecting the Nations League. Too, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, well, when when did it start? August-ish. And we had did we we had playoff round games for the conference league, yep. which were yep. Yeah, so that was that was August, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it's 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 quite I find it quite shocking how far away it seems like to, to go back there and then fast forward to the present day. It's it's just yeah. worlds apart. Um, and you think we spent so much time faffing around getting a new manager in as well. Yeah, that so. dragged that summer out even yeah. longer, didn't it? <laughs> there were so yeah. many things during that summer. It was like, oh, Kane's not happy. Oh, the Euros are at the same time. It's like, oh, Spurs still haven't got a manager. And Yeah. That's, uh, that's most that's days felt think, like I a drag, think- Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Those days were yeah, not completely enjoyable. Yeah, a year today since we beat Croatia, I think. I think I saw that earlier. So it's around the right, the right time, isn't it? We should be having a World yeah. Cup right now, Sean. We should. We should be having a World Cup. Right now. We should be enjoying World Cup. We should be in a beer garden yeah. right now. But no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have my top off right now, but I don't. You know? <laughs> it's annoying. No, that was last week, do you remember? Oh yeah, that was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so to refresh. 
everyone's memory about the 2021-22 seasons, I've prepared a little quiz for Jude where I hope it's not too hard. Actually, I had to properly think about some of these questions myself before um, answering. Okay, right. You'll see, you see how it works. Sometimes I reverse sure. these questions. But start start with an easy one. Second one's a, bit, a way bit harder because I said this to you off air. I can't believe how little of the Nuno era I remember. Like, <laughs> it, just, it just feels like a black hole of space in my mind where information was dumped and it was just completely, you know, it's like when you're on a computer, empty the trash, it's gone. No record of it. No recollection. You too. But yeah. So, your first question, Jude, is who scored the first goal of our season? Official goal. Not I'm not talking like I'm not talking like late in or preseason friendly or anything. Uh, I can't remember what came first, Conference League or Prem. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck's sake! Uh, I I think it was Man City game first. So Son scored the first goal. You are correct. It was Son. Yeah. Uh, but now we will come on to. That conference league playoff, as you mentioned, uh, <laughs> I was staggered when I looked up the lineup for this. I was staggered with how disgusting it was. Can you name any of the four academy products who started in our loss against Paco de Ferreira in the playoff round? Paco de Ferreira, that was one, one nil, wasn't it? I think it was one of the few yeah. um conference games I actually watched. That, uh, oh, it was on. It was on like Premier Sports, and it was just horrible little game. Yeah, horrible little game. Uh, Dane Scarlett must have played. He must have started. Dane Scarlett starts up front. Yeah, you could have. you could have also had Harry Winks, Niall John, or Cameron Carter Vickers, now Celtic. Oh, he wow. played that game. He played with Christian Romero at the back. <laughs> just yeah, that's just... T- yeah. That's a guess. The team sheet in the future, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> God, if you show that to a non-Spurs fan, they'd be like, "This is a preseason friendly." <laughs> if I've ever seen one, it's like well, you know when you play like the like an under twenty-three team in like the international break, or whatever. That is the team that we put out. It's purely out of Football Manager. I'm looking at it now, actually. Yeah, yeah that's it's, it's horrible, <laughs> it's isn't it? Team. It's, it's a disgraceful a team. team. <laughs> I did not represent this football club. That's yeah. not a. Tottenham Hotspur team. Yeah. Oh, good team, yeah. Paco Stefferia there. So, you know, <laughs> terrific little place. Just, just got to try and overturn yeah. it in the second leg. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember our EFL Cup win against Wolves? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I vaguely do. Only vaguely. Do you remember who your question is who missed um, Wolves' final penalty? Uh... Uh... You can have a clue if you want. This is quite hard. It is quite hard, yeah. I'm gonna have a guess and then maybe a clue afterwards if that's all right. Okay, yeah, go ahead. All right, we'll go with uh, Den Donker. It was not Leander Den Donker. Uh, um, your your clue is um, our fans are trying to like force a rivalry between this player and someone that's in our squad. Oh, I, say, I don't mean that in a bad way. I, th- I think that is in a kind of. Connor you'll Cody. see what I mean. It is Connor Cody. Ah. The England's national Connor Cody. He missed the penalty when the, <laughs> you know, when the lights were shining brightest in the third round of the EFL Cup. What a night! What a night! Yeah, come on, yeah. Gareth. We're gonna have, if we're gonna play three at the back, <laughs> Eric's got to play. What are you doing, mate? Sort that yeah, out. Come on, mate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. We're moving out of the rivalry. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're moving out of the new era. I couldn't be bothered to write more questions about him. Um, who? 
No, wait, no, this isn't out of the new era. I lied. I'm sorry, Jude. You have to. What? You have one more question. The new. Oh era. Jesus! All right. Okay. Okay. Who did Harry Kane's first Premier League goal of the season come against? Um, Newcastle. It was Newcastle, correct? Yeah. Uh, now into the Conte era. Conte's first game in charge. Do you remember a lot about Conte's first game in charge? It's a Conference League game, right? It was. Um, I think it was. Yes, it was. It was for Tess, wasn't it? And it was a bit yeah. of a mad game. It looked like Spurs were going to like they had slotted in straight away, and then yeah, I think someone got sent off, and they conceded a couple. Yeah, along the, along the right lines. Yeah, yeah. You are, you are. We're three 0 up, and then we conceded too quickly afterwards. And then this is my question to you: How many red cards were dished out in that game? Oh, um. Uh, I remember watching a bit of this in the pub before going to play football that evening. Um, and I definitely remember Romero getting himself sent off. So that's one. Romero to get sent off, yeah. Um, and I think there might have been another one for Vitesse. I'll go with two. I'll go with two. The answer's three. Three? There's a two. <laughs> <laughs> the Vitesse had two sent off in the last 15 minutes. Uh, so okay. just kind of made it easier for us because it worked. You're right; it was quite a bit. It was a bit of squeaky bum time for a bit there. It was. Uh, okay, who? <laughs> what, what, this is one. Of the, this is one of the very worst games I've ever been to. Who started as Spurs' two strikers in our FA Cup win against Morecambe? Uh, Both were hooked was... before we scored. <laughs> uh, yeah, they didn't. They didn't play well, did they? Um, so what? That was the one. We went one nil down to like. A center back in the in, I think like they had so much space in the box. I think who started up front? Bergvine start up front. No, no Bergvine. Um, Kane didn't start. Um, nope. Was Delhi up front? Were they still trying Deli to make Delhi work? Yeah, Delhi Ali was one of the strikers. Okay, who was the other striker? Um, this was a really like bad in between period for Spurs, it wasn't was, it? When, it was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah, period. yeah, it was around the time we just every week we were getting beaten by Chelsea. It seemed. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was yeah. I think it was right before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was Lascelles up from? He he started. He was not a striker though. I don't think Scarlett would have played or started anyway. Uh, Brian Hill? It was Brian Hill. Brian Hill! Yeah. Yeah, it didn't really work. That didn't work at all, no. no he was yeah, what we learned from this season, that never rotate your 11 fully like that. It never works. <laughs> this is a football manager. It's okay. A football manager. Good Lord. That was a, that was a yeah. turgid yeah. game. So yeah. Bad. So, Jude, as Antonio Conte, I'm sure, will have reminded you in the final weeks of the season, how many Arsenal players had officially tested positive for COVID ahead of the North London derby? <laughs> Bonus point if you could tell me who it was. <laughs> uh, I, I only think... I think it was just the one, wasn't it? Um, I feel like it's Amen. one and it's Xhaka. Close. Xhaka was suspended. So he was uh, ineligible anyway. But the one player who had COVID was Martin Odegaard. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. that now. Yeah. Don't get How long did 
No, you don't. You don't get out for any of this game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How long did um, did Conte's unbeaten run last when he joined? Premier League unbeaten run, I should say. Um, I think he got to like ten games, right? <sighs> I wish it was nine. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> uh, I thought it was. It was 10. quite. It was. It was a long period. Like, could we kind of we clawed it away with that Leicester game, and then got beat in the next game, but. We were. There was a period where, do you remember people saying um, Conte couldn't do it when he had to play against Lever Men for 90 minutes? Like, because it felt like yeah. everyone was getting a red card against us. Yeah, we had that Southampton game in that time, didn't we? Where Salasu just uh, knocked yeah. some geezer out and got sent off. <laughs> Kane offside by a hair and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, no fun. Okay. Okay. Quick fire one, Jude. Can you name any of the four teams who didn't score a goal against Spurs this season? Uh, in the Premier League, I'm talking about in the Premier League. Um, fuck. Okay. Uh, Watford. Watford is correct. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I would also have accepted Norwich, Everton, or Brentford. Oh, nice. Your boys in the mud a little bit there. Yeah, I know. I mean, Thomas Frank was going on about the importance of not having Spurs having a shot tie against him, but you know they didn't score either. So whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Um, Jude, Jude, do you remember when Antonio Conte said it was important for us to feel the blood of our opponents? Oh, man. Um... <laughs> do you not remember that? No, I don't. That one, I mean, he's come You're up not? with so really? much nonsense over the season. So, like, I think that one must have just completely that's bypassed wow. me. Um, feel the blood. Uh, was that United? No, it it was it was after we beat Villa because I think it was the same day. Uh, Arsenal, I think Arsenal lost to Brighton. I think that was that day. Okay, and and we'd gone like three points clear, and it was like, oh, we really should be in pole position. But I'm surprised you didn't remember that. I'm a fraud. What can I say? You are you are you're a fraud. You cover Tottenham Hotspur. I don't fucking think so. Uh, right. What the hell's going on here, mate? What's going on here? Yeah. Right. Okay. We're near, we're near the end. We're near the end. Don't worry. Okay. Um, for how long did Mikel Arteta say he would be suspended for if he gave his thoughts on the officiating in the North London derby? <laughs> uh, like a year? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, cl- close. Half a year. Six months. Half a year. Okay, yeah. And it really wasn't Which... that bad either. You know, referee decisions no, it wasn't. Was, were all yeah. perfect. I'd say they're mm. all correct. They certainly weren't wrong. Yeah, strange. Uh, I don't know what yeah. he's talking about, man. No, not a okay. All right. Which player ended the season with as many own goals as yellow cards? Sergio Riyadh. <laughs> 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 that was just the, that's the first one that came to mind. Uh, it can't be as many own goals as yellow cards. I'm surprised. I'm I'm shocked that this person had this few yellow cards. Genuinely shocked. Um, Tanganga no did he score a goal at some point I feel like he scored one at Chelsea maybe maybe I think you might, yeah, I think might be right the answer is Eric Dyer with one ah. he scored a goal later on against Newcastle in the away game oh yeah but, but <laughs> genuinely seriously shocking that he only had one yellow card all season in all comps mm, yeah that, one yellow yeah. card that's insane 
Yeah, I would have thought, I, yeah, five or six, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. I, well, well, Romero had 10 and he only played about half the season. <laughs> Skip, Skip had seven, only played half the season. Benzico had six, half the season. Skip picked up a booking like every, for, for like the first five <laughs> He was suspended really games, early on, right? wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that boy was still learning the, uh, the dark arts yeah. and the tactical foul, unfortunately. Um, yeah. How did I do, Sean? Am I, am I a total fraud or am I... I, I like to just sort of coast you got, by you got, sort of see you got, you got you got most you got most of them it's all fine. right that's I'm fine not, I'm not I'm not keeping score because it might it, we don't want to pit you versus everyone else no I'm not I'm not a freaking nerd you're not either, competitive so. not, you're not a competitive well, guy you're not a competitive guy Jude no we, not a nerd. We, don't, <laughs> we don't need to roll this one out to the wider yeah. public okay so now, you, so now you had your refresher of the 21-22 yeah. season what was your kind of feeling at the end because it was a weird season in that, like I said, we started with the Nuno era, which just feels so long ago now. And the way that I view the ending is like, it's not, we're not even talking like a play in three acts. We're talking like a million different parts because it felt week to week that there was something we were flip-flopping all the time. And, you know, if that's not typical Spurs, I don't know what it is. Mm. I, I thought it was exhausting, to be honest, mate. I was so happy when, um, when the... Uh, Jeopardy had been taken out of the last few games for Spurs. Um, I suppose it was only the last one, and even then we were speaking about how they could still muck it up and end up playing Europa. Yeah, but yeah, mainly just sort of relief and um, fatigue about just that the constant, ever changing nature of, but of Tottenham. But yeah, it's somehow just it's strangely familiar, you know. <laughs> so it's chaotic, <laughs> but. Is exactly what we've come to expect from them. Um, so yeah, I mean, at the end of the season, it's very tiring. But like in the weeks that have sort of followed, I think more optimism has has emerged, which is which yeah, is nice. yeah. Because I think that's the weird thing where it's like the season that I was often comparing it to in my mind was the twelve thirteen season, um, where I felt like you know once we finally figured out that the the better way to use bail or the like the new version of bail like AVB kind of just built around that and we were mm. going on these winning runs. We went, I think we had a really good winter period and suddenly we were shooting mm. up the league and by the time we beat Arsenal, we were third. And it, I felt a bit like that where it was like Conte needed a while to obviously clean up Nuno and Mourinho's mess. And I think that's quite an underrated part of the job that he's done. Um, and then we had to go through these kind of stumbling blocks where, you know, someone was injured for a bit. We can figure out how to really defend. Like Romero was a big miss. The wing backs, like we couldn't do anything on the wing backs. It wasn't really until post, I want to say post Samson and Wolves, where we lost like two games in a week. <coughs> Sorry, where we figured it out because we went to City after that. And then it was, that was probably, I'm sure to later, it was one of the best performances of the season by anyone. Yeah. And I know we lost to Burnley after that. But then from there, our league form was unbelievable. And I said this on the last point we did. We, I do believe that we are the fourth, if not the third best team in England, regardless of what the table says, because the since Conte's come in, we're a different team. We're a completely different team. And it's nice to leave a season being optimistic and, be, and having like these good, good memories to look back on without worrying about the kind of... Because for me, like I said, compared to the 12-13 season, I can't view that completely positive way because we were being by Arsenal's fourth, because... It ended up with Bell doing all he could, and then that still wasn't enough. And 
it's but it's just nice to have some better memories from to, to be the victors in this race because it's not often that we go toe to toe with Arsenal in a race for the top four and win. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, I think yeah, Spurs won something like eight of their last eleven Premier League games, um, and they beat some good teams in there as well. Mm. Like I think they saw off uh, West Ham and uh, obviously got the win over Arsenal and drew with with Liverpool, which was a, a very good result. And it's you know that sort of that form will. I mean, it would put you like top maybe like 10 years ago, eight out of 11. It's not quite as <laughs> as easy as that now. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. 10 for 11, unfortunately, just because the bar Liverpool and City have set is so ridiculously high. Um, but yeah, I mean, they'll, if, if, if that's the sort of form they show regularly next season, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how far up they finish. Um and yeah, you know, going back to September or October when Nuno was absolutely struggling, it didn't feel like we'd get to a position like that. So it's just riding the wave of, <laughs> of whatever Spurs threatens. And um, it did, yeah, because it didn't even feel like the top four was even realistic. I know Conte said that you know if he'd asked to be to deliver top four when he arrived, I think it's the, he's like, leave would be crazy to have asked that or whatever. Yeah. But I do really feel at the time where. Because we just started so bad, because there was so much of a mess to clean up. It was more in my head, it was like, okay, this is the season for Conte to do like his tinkering to figure out who he can rely on and who he can't. And then mm-hmm. next year, that's the one. Then we go, then we strike. Whereas we actually, we had we ended up even better. We like, I think, just our top end talent. Like, obviously, we have Kane and Sod, but I think the other guys who have emerged, like, have you seen the compilation of Kuluzevsky going around for his recent Sweden performances? Yeah. Yeah, just, that boy is just, it just, just unbelievable. That I couldn't, can't believe that. Go back to November and say, oh, Spurs are going to sign Dan Kluzewski from Juventus. And it turns out he's going to be really, really good. Like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's like, just going to absolute ballers. You don't know. Yeah, my optimism moving forward is that you're, you're only ever, if you're a good team, you're only ever one or two like perfect moves away from being a proper challenger. So mm. we're closer to that now. I mean, we we kind of lucked out last year. Like think about how bad a position we were. We still ended up with Conte and we ended up in the top four. We wouldn't have said that mm. was going to happen a year ago, especially after it was around this time last year that Conte rejected us for the first time. So yeah. you just don't, you just don't know. I think that's the beauty of football, you know, like you can plan, like I think the example I always come back to is when we sold Bale, we signed the seven Beatles and whatever. And most of them didn't work out. We had like, one and a half success stories but <laughs> we ended up because of just the way football is we ended up with a better manager with better recruitment who brought in better players and within five years we're in the Champions League final you just don't know as long as you're there or thereabouts and you keep doing some good things they will largely outweigh the bad things I think last year we were really close to falling away and a couple of good moves here we are again yeah and sometimes the season can just open up for you as well like yeah I I, I I mean, given the, the transfer activity that's going on with City and Liverpool getting Haaland and Nunes, it seems unlikely that they'll drop into, like, the title. It, it'll, it'll be like another 95-point um, haul for whoever wins the league. It's not going to drop into the 80s yeah. or anything like that. Um, it's just That's just the standard they set, unfortunately. But, you know, Spurs have got to 87 before, haven't they? So <laughs> hopefully they can, they, they can pull something similar out like that. 
yeah, we can but dream. Uh, okay, let's move. Let's move. Let's move on to our categories. I I send you the big old list of players and signings, whatever, and performances to pick his favourites from, and we're going to run through them because I thought this was a neat way to end the season. So the first one asked of you, Jude, was who is your player of the season? And I imagine we do have the same person for this. Yeah, it's got to be Sonny. And it, it's got to be Sonny. Yeah, and if we, did, if we didn't have the same person, then we would have had a few choice words. I think we probably would have just finished the podcast right there because yeah, I don't think yeah. you'd be able to look me in the eye over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be acting pretty sheepishly too. No, it's Son. Do you think Son's dad has him as the player of the year? No, no. He does not rate Tottenham as a club anyway, so he's like, he needs to go no. play for Real Madrid. I think he said something like that. But it was like, he's like, he's not world class at Twitter, he's a top, top club. It's like, all right, mate, we'll go, yeah. we'll, we can take your season ticket back now if you really want. They're, they're not nice to Sonny. I know that they're his fan, but like his brother <laughs> slagged them off a few years ago, didn't he? <laughs> when they yeah, lost well, the Champions League yeah. final. <laughs> he was like, he lost the Champions League final, didn't he? He's like, yeah, but he lost. Yeah. <laughs> very Roy Keane very Roy Keen of him. Really. Yeah, it's a tough one to wear. So, But he seems happy enough. Like, he seems very happy. And he was brilliant again this season. I think you should whack Flerical about him a little bit because you've been banging the drum for him over the last three or four months. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's done to death. But then, well, I say that. I thought it was done to death. And then it turns out he wasn't nominated for PFA Player of the Year, but Harry Kane was. And it's just like, okay, if you watch Spurs, then you know that's not right. But okay, I was like, I didn't really care about that. I don't think Son was the best player in the Premier League this season. So I wouldn't, it's not like as if he needed to win it. The one I was really in... wouldn't have about it. You wouldn't have gone out right. No, I, no, I wouldn't have it about it. The one that I am going to write about, though, Jude, is that he didn't make the team of the year because mm-hmm. that's you're telling me that three forwards had a better year than Son. That's just not that's just not what happened. And yeah. I really I, I place a bit of an importance on awards like this because it's always kind of handy to go back through history. You look at people who've won awards, it kind of tells the tale of the season. And I think it's so annoying that Son's year is going to be forgotten. The only people who are going to remember it are like Spurs fans like us who are angry about it. No one else is going to really. Think about it. They see Son got one of the golden boots, like, oh, but it's shared with Salah, who won the Player of the Year awards and stuff. And it's just not, I think, because he got into the team in the year last year, and that was a first for him, and that was really special. For him to have done back to back, there aren't many forwards in this age where everyone scores 100 million goals a season, where you yeah. do it back to back. And yeah, it is what think, it is. Yeah, I think maybe he might, he might end up getting a little bit of um, a sympathy vote. <laughs> For next season, if he does like, <laughs> if like, say, if he scores like sixteen or seventeen goals or something like that, like they're trying to like, rewrite the mistakes. Like, yeah, exactly. Maybe it was just it like when they get been one massive. They, get, they gave, they gave, like they gave Messi the Ballon d'Or this year because they were like, "How was you won one?" Or when I think my favorite one was um, Ryan Giggs won the Player of the Year award at 0809. And it was because like he never won one, but he played about 19 games for United all season. Yeah. And I was like, oh, uh, no one else you know has really been that good. Let's just give it kicks. Yeah, give it kicks. Yeah. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? So I don't understand these organizations, Sean. Just give everything to Sonny and we won't complain. But yeah. Yeah, I think I I personally think that I should decide every award ever. I think I think I would agree with that. I think you know? it'll be um it'll be much simpler and more accurate if that was the case. Yeah, I'm judge, jury, and executioner. I will send abuse to myself. I want to live in that world, mate, quite frankly. Thank, thanks, mate. I appreciate That's that. That's all, right. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay, Jude, who, who do you have as your most improved player? Um, 
it's quite a, a tough one, really, because we obviously spoke quite a lot about when when Conte came in about him being the guy who could squeeze a little more out of um, those sort of squaddy players. Yeah, um, that's his kind of speciality. He's the yeah, great. He's a great floor raiser. Yeah, and I think I think that's been the case with quite a few quite a few lads. So it's it's tough to really. Stop but, saying um, on the French, dude. Go on. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to say Tangi and Dombele. So... <laughs> 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 because I think he's been really, really good. And it's got a great highlight reel. Um, and I think he's... And um, yeah, in, to answer of... Uh, yeah, player who will come good next season is also Tangi too. So let's just cross <laughs> those two off. No, I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm no, seriously. No, but, but seriously, I think... I don't know what I think, mate, to be honest. Um, I think I think Hoybier got a lot better towards the end of the season. Um, mm. Me too. But to be honest, I think if snap snap decision, I think Ben Davis, I'd go. I'd give it to Ben Davis. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I, I'm, I'm glad because it's not the same as mine. I went for Ryan Sessegnon. Oh, excellent. Okay. I, th- I, th- I thought, I thought maybe not most improved. I think, you know, if we just took the version that was of Sessegnon that was at Fulham in his, like, breakout year, it'd probably be as good as this. But... I think the way that he's kind of just bounced back, he's had a lot of setbacks since he's been at Tottenham, you know. He, yeah. had, he, he was brought under a manager who barely ever played under because he was injured. He had more injuries under Mourinho. Um, he got loaned out to, I think I was listening to the TIFO football podcast. I think it was on that. And they were talking about him recently. And it was saying uh, he went to Hoffenheim on loan um, during the pandemic season. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it's just like, how can you possibly expecting to adapt like Hoff, I don't know if anyone knows what Hoffman is it's a tiny village in Germany it's a tiny village like there's mm-hmm. no one there so Sessegnon's gone there on his own he's had to like just kind of fend for himself he's not he probably didn't speak didn't speak the language very well I think it might have been helped that they speak a lot of English over there but still um, mm-hmm. no one no one had any real kind of idea what was going on I don't know if he had like I don't know how much contact he was in with the club like about succession plan like specifically with Mourinho there but he's come back this season um, and even in like the early Conte days he's got that red card against Moura and you kind mm-hmm. of think then it's just like oh if you're a young player you get a red card on the Conte it's like second game of charge oh you're screwed it's just like and then he's just I think he just bounced back from the side where he had more injury problems but then in 2022 he's been unbelievable I think he's been one of our best performers one of our most consistent performers yeah, it was it was great to see him like um, putting in. I mean, the, the the performances that stand out to me, I think, were the one at Leeds, where he mm-hmm. he got an assist, and it's it just seemed like I know it's Leeds, and they played it was the final days of Bielsa, and they were playing, you know, extremely open. You could drive a truck through their defense, but it was just still <laughs> nice to like. I, think, I do think it was one of the, the first moments where it was like, oh, he's in space, and he's got he's got quality to to help us finish off moves and score goals. Um, yeah. and, I, and then he was, I think, more on the defensive side when he played at Liverpool when he kept his call in the same sort of situation and um, set up one for Son after a really, really nice team move. And I think I think he was... I think Salah plays on the right, doesn't he? So he was up against Salah yeah. on that side. Yeah. And he seemed... I remember him doing quite well. And, you know, obviously for 1-1, Liverpool didn't didn't get too many inroads down that side. Um so yeah, it's it's nice that he finally because that that move was so long ago as well. What was that like two thousand eight? 
No, 2019, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, it was the it was the it was after deadline day with final. um Celso, yeah. Yeah. And like he yeah, so injury problems and all that, the loan, the loan spell that you, that you mentioned too. So yeah, I think that I think that's a pretty good one for, for most improved, absolutely. I think yeah. he's obviously someone who's got so much more potential and the consistency can can get even better. Um, yeah. but yeah, he's very good. I went with Ben just because um it's it's it, it was a resurgence I was not expecting at the start of the season. And it seems like it seems like it's his perfect position. Like he's not quite a centre back and he's not quite a left back. And mm. it, it just mm. seems like everything's come together for him there. And he's got, you know, the defensive nous to make things work at the back and is good roaming forward and being another runner to to cause defences problems. Um, Did you watch his performance against Ukraine? I didn't. No, I heard some very good things. Oh, like, mate, very, very I couldn't believe like I I the amount one of block that was immense. Yeah, and then not much else apart from that. He made about three in quick succession. It's just like how it just bloody hell, like yeah, proper really come into his own, really kind of made that role his own way. It's even like made me think like it's obviously I don't, I don't think I, I don't think you can win a major title with Ben Davis is starting left centre back, but I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world if he was given more yeah. runs there. Because like you said, this is contact this is Conte's speciality. He'll get the absolute most out of these decent but not totally glamorous players. Yeah. And you know, yeah. Happy for him. We should throw throw Eric Dyer in there as an honourable mention as well, because I think I definitely wrote him off a few times last season, just in the general anger directed at Mourinho and like any centre back who was there was pretty much in the firing line from everyone just being like, "Why don't you just fuck off and play the youngsters?" You know, <laughs> all this all this bollocks at the back is ridiculous. Um, and he's come back and like similarly to Davis has got a. A, a defined role which suits him down to the ground um, and I think the love for him among Spurs fans has sort of reflected that recently so I think he deserves a little mention for sure Can I just throw a curve at you? Yeah, absolutely man I don't know if I'll catch it but I'm no, I, I, I'm nowhere near as high on Dyer as everyone else is I think, he's, I think you're right he has a, I, think, I think you're right he has a defined role and I think he does the role quite well I think he's very good at picking those kind of cross field passes from that kind of central centre back position, I do think that there are more lapses in concentration that people kind of ironic. I think people don't realise that he's not realising stuff that's happening on the pitch as well. Right, and okay. I just I I think I'll, my caveat to this is that I am always I've always been one of Eric Dyer's biggest critics. I've never kind of warmed him in that sense. I don't know what his kind of peak as a player is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What long term it's going to look like, but I think he's I think he's done a good job. I think if go by my standards, yeah, I think he's definitely improved because I didn't think that he could be a centre back. I just I was just like, I know you want to play centre back, dude, but just please, just please play defensive midfield. <laughs> but you know, but you know, fair enough. Defense. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, okay, Jude. Who's your biggest surprise this season? Uh, like in a oh yeah or in a oh that's disgusting <laughs> in a positive way uh, <laughs> in a positive way uh, uh, I I did not think Kulisewski would be as good as he turned out that's who I had as well so I think it would have to be yeah mm-hmm. I think it would have to be him yeah, great minds I mean, you know. it genuinely is ridiculous though isn't it like how how good he was up like as such. <laughs> I thought I thought he was going to be the slowest player in the world, and all of a sudden he's got this immense pace and power. 
Yeah, this was the thing. It was like we had um, confidence issues as well. Um, yeah. It seemed like when he was at Juve, all he did was just do Ronaldo's running for him. Like, but he's he's a guy who's got such amazing creative flair and like loves a little cut in and shoot with his left foot. And he's got a fucking beautiful left foot as well. Um, and he yeah. just completes that trident. I'm 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 very high on him. Yeah, like honestly, I can't yeah. wait to see him in the Champions League as well. Um, yeah, just I've been over the pots a few times for that, and it's it's nice to see Spurs in a good pot again. Um, pot two, pot yeah, two, baby, scraping by just off that because I think it's literally just 18, 19 scrapes in there for the years they take into account. So we've got a decent little pot ranking there. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, man, like creatively, the way he can skin players almost using just his strength, like, yeah. He's, an, he's just such a brilliant, brilliant shock that he was that good. I think my, we'll do a season preview like in a couple of months, but I do think he's my early, I need to double check the criteria because I think it's changed a bit, but I think he's my early pick for um, Younger Player of the Year next year because uh-huh. he reminds me a bit of, do you remember when um, Coutinho and Sturridge went to Liverpool at first? They went in the January transfer window and they had like some really good games and you could see like the seeds were being sown for mm-hmm. a bigger Liverpool project. And the season after they were just like storage, I think came second in the golden boot rankings to Luis Suarez. He had like 22 goals. Coutinho mm-hmm. was amazing as well. I think that's the kind of impact that Kuzis can have next year. He'll just go, he's got his role. He's going to go just flying in. And if he, as long as he stays fit, I think he's going to play a lot of games. And he's going to be really important to the way that we play. Yeah. Yeah. I can, yeah, I can see that. I mean, it'd be great fun if that did turn out to be the case because then Spurs are at the top and challenging. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, for young, yeah, he's, I think he's only like 22, isn't he? He's a, he's a new. Yeah, man, I can't remember what they changed. I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if they changed the age to 21 or 22 when the season starts. I'd have to look it up. But if it's 22, then he's sure. Yeah. He's it seems like way. they've been handing it um, to the same player for the last five years. Bill so. <laughs> sure Foden has won the Young Player of the Year <laughs> the fifth oh, really? year in a row. Wow. <laughs> What an achievement! Wow. Incredible achievement. <laughs> Any variety, lads? Yeah. No, we'll just give it to <laughs> daring today, aren't we? <laughs> uh, okay, who is the player that you'd hoped for more from? Um, Before I wrote this down, I completely forgot that Ndombele and Celso were technically employees of Tottenham Hospital Football Club. Yeah, so I, I overlooked them when I made my choice. Yeah, I think that'd be boring though. Like, yeah, it's like it's just we know that now. Right? I think, yeah, I think there are more obvious questions that they can be answers to later. Um, <laughs> I played hope more. May, maybe Bergvein, maybe just because Berg, Bergvein's who I went for. Yeah, just because just because of a lack of other alternatives. And to be, he was speaking the other day, wasn't he? Like what he's on in Netherlands and he's always, it feels like he's always speaking. He is always speaking, yeah. He's getting his name out there, but he's basically saying he wants to go and like, but he didn't have any, he didn't hold any grudges about how little game time he's had. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't even go as, to, as far as to say like he, he definitely should have done more with the time he had because I think he only played like 600 minutes in the whole season and three yeah. of his league, three of his four league starts, I think, came under, under Nuno. So he only started once under Conte. Um, so he just didn't get a fair crack at it. And, you know, when he did play, he seemed to score, like, relatively frequently. I think he only got, like, three league goals in those in that short amount of time. And 
and two of them are obviously very important ones that we'll get to later. But yeah, yeah I, I, I don't think there are too many contenders to that one. To be honest, Ron. Like, I, th- I think Moore always fucks me off, but like that's expected, <laughs> I'm not expecting it? more from Lucas Moore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think the thing with Bergwijn is, I think part of his problem is he's not really a commodity. Like he's a right-footed, left-sided forward who is a little bit quick, but he's not like he hasn't got the afterburns or anything. Uh, he. He can strike the ball really well, but he's not a huge goal threat at the same time. Like, I think he's got eight goals in 80-something games for Spurs, which is not a great record. But at the same time, I do feel like his development was horribly mismanaged under Mourinho. You know, he started 2020-2021 um, as this really weird third forward alongside Kane and Son. He was just, like, doing the running for them. He wasn't ever um, made to look like a goal threat. And then Mourinho kind of dug him out for missing at Anfield in the 2-1 loss there. I think that must have really affected him. And obviously, Marino goes, Nuno comes in. It's not a great move for him either. So I think, I feel sorry for him there, but at the same time, I do feel, uh, do you think, was he just ever going to get into the team? Because I think, with Lucas, at least he serves a purpose. He runs around a lot. He's just this manic presser. And he also has this kind of unpredictability about him, which I think you need in, order, in your squad just as a kind of option. I don't think Conte values what Bergwijn brings as much as what everyone else brings. And no, I, yeah. I, quite, I, find it, I find it quite understandable he's not getting those games, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I mean, from what from what he has shown since what January 2020, I think it it hasn't been of yeah. you know the the quality for fans to say he should be starting every game. So it's like um, he'd have these little these little moments of. Um, you know, he, he scored a really nice goal against United, I think, and then he scored a similar one against Villa. And it's like, okay, we've got a good player here. Like, we just got to give them time. And then, I think the timing of the transfer was just pretty poor for everyone involved because like there was no um obvious way of playing or style that he could come into when he first joined with Mourinho, very yeah. much being like, give the ball to Kane and Son and see what happens. Um. Well, obviously, Mason was there. He started to play Gareth Bale more. Um, Nuno, he did, he did, he did, yeah, he started a few under Nuno, but at the same time, similar sort of no style whatsoever. And then, like, it was, it was made pretty evident early on that Conte needed another forward and they were going to get Luis Diaz and ended up getting Kulisevsky, which scuffed his chances more. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was ever going to really work out just because yeah, as that third striking option that Spurs have now, you need more, just you just need more output. And yeah. I don't think, I think Bergwijn's still at a, de- at a development stage of his game where he needs to like start scoring a lot more, whether that be in like the Eredivisie and then maybe he comes back and has a crack when he's got a more of a defined idea of the player he is. Because like even when we watch him now, it's like, Conte sees him as a striker, but most of us would say he's just he's just a normal winger. Um, yeah. It's not like a down down to the byline Aaron Lennon sort of figure, is he? He's not got an yeah. amazing eye for goal, so I think that's just a little bit of figuring out he needs to do. Yeah, I think I, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if he goes to Ajax and he scores like fifteen or something goals next year. Yeah, then I would be kind of a, I'd be I'd be a bit annoyed if people were like, oh, see, Spurs shouldn't have sold him. It's just like. He wasn't ever going to play here. It's just he needs to go. 
It's better for everyone yeah. if he goes. He's not going to do that just sitting on the bench here. Even if he yeah. played here, he's not going to score goals. Just, okay, cool, let's move on. Let's uh, <laughs> take away into our... I think we talked about Steven Bergwijn enough for one season review pod. Most um, probably, yeah. I guess we... Yeah, we could put these together. Um, who do you think was our best signing? Because I think there are, there's obviously like three class standout candidates. But then who is the player that we missed out on that you would have loved most to have signed? I think there's only really one candidate for that as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I I really like the Bentancur signing. I know Romero is brilliant, but I think we've now got, I think that was almost our last little bit of the jigsaw signing where everything just seemed to become yeah. smoother after that. Um, and the, the, I think I said in the last part, like the gap between him and Winks now is just mm. like, it's such a huge noticeable difference and I think we didn't know then that Skip was going to miss the rest of the season basically as well so yeah. Ben Sokol coming in really kind of saved us so yeah and they, they, he's got a good little partnership with Ahoyabia now so um, and then with Skip coming back next season there's plenty more options there um, and hopefully he stays fit and then worst signing to well, I mean like would you agree would you put Romero up ahead of Ben Sankar or I, I had Kulazewski and I really was I'm still not like 100% on it I was tossing, I was really kind of thinking about it I think you could there's such a strong argument for all three I just like mm-hmm. I picked Kulazewski so I think when I watch this guy play it's just like where have you been this whole where time have that we've been yeah. <laughs> like, exactly yeah that's what I mean like we've got this he's just so kind of elegant but powerful at the same time and it's just the perfect way to kind of complete and the good thing is he's still really young he's still got a lot to learn but he does have the experience and that was really it for me I, th- I thought I love I love Romero I think he's been amazing um, but he was injured for a lot of the season and then in the last couple of games of the season we didn't really miss him as well like yeah it's not, not to take away from him I thought Stature stepped in and did a good job and I was scared that we were going to miss him so I think that kind of counts for it whereas you know when Kulazewski came out of the team when he um, was ill or whatever in the last couple of weeks you could kind of notice uh, the drop off to Lucas and or Bergerwein whenever they were playing so that, I, I'm not dying on that hill like if, don't, please don't at me on Twitter and call me an idiot for it I don't care yeah, we, can, we can include your handle at the bottom um, no all, all three of those signings are, they're like it's it's pretty tough to separate them at all I just think that that drop off from Ben Tanko to Winks is so massive that like you could you could make the same argument with Kulisevsky to be fair and say that without his goals and assists, Spurs wouldn't have made the top yeah. four. But I don't think Spurs would have been in enough games. Like um they they wouldn't have gone to City and won if Winks had been playing in midfield and they wouldn't have got a point of yeah. yeah. either, I don't think. Yeah. Um so I think I, I so think just Ben's Ben's called definitely the most important, I think. I think yeah, I, I think just... so. And that's just the way that you want to define best. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that just to be, you know, contrarian and go away from Kuma. Oh, you, you, you know, you probably love that, you don't you? I do, I do that love playing the contrarian shit. card, but you know, I do love it. I'm not doing ah, devil advocate, you called. Actually, <laughs> yes, you bloody attention seeker. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Okay, and then do we? I can't. When I wrote this question, I assumed that that we'd have missed out on more signs than Luis Diaz. I'm trying to remember, like, did we come close to signing on last summer? Like, I know we were interested in Pau Torres and we're interested in him again, but I don't think that'll, um, in, the, in the end, I don't think that's a real needle mover. 
I guess no, it, it I think there's actually quite it's, pro- it's probably an argument that if we did sign Diaz and we also had this kind of Kulusevski deal on the pipeline as well, how would we have played them all together? Because I don't think Conte's moving from the three at the back. No, it's not. I mean, Liverpool have that problem now anyway. They've got about six, seven forwards yeah. they've got to figure out how to play. I know one of them's going. But... Bringing another one, yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't I can't really remember who Spurs were. It wasn't a massive window that they had during the summer, was there? And it wasn't... No, it felt like they were on the on the cusp of making a really big signing. No, it was just the, the, the kind of so-called stereotypical... Paratici window where we get linked to a lot of names we don't really get close to enough until they become serious yeah that was it we might have, we might have actually done it we might actually be forgetting because it's so long ago and I didn't care about Spurs enough back then mm. um, why don't we just say we can just say Dybala for image rights which would be that <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that was never 2019 again baby <laughs> yeah, yeah okay who, who, what was your what was your pick for goal of the season um, I think it was the second, the second verifying goal at Leicester. Um, I don't think it was the best, but it was, it was a very fun one. <laughs> it was a very, very fun one. I think for other like, just on like pure ball striking or, you know, moves, I'd probably have Lucas Moore against Norwich up there as well. Um, oh, that was good. Yeah, I think Son scored a, a nice one at Newcastle and then a belter against Leicester later in the season. Um, yeah, I had I had Son against Leicester. That was a and also I, I was I was I was choosing between to hit that and the Lucas one mentioned because I was at both games and I was sat right behind both as they went in. And uh-huh. I think the Lucas one I don't know if it's because I could like see it coming like in my head from just a mile off. Whereas a sudden one kind of took me by surprise, he just kind of take it in silence to his left, and he just hit it. I'm just like, what the hell? Uh, but yeah, that was my pick. Not a good year for Leicester to see God against Spurs. No, yeah, they got they've been ragged old a bit there, haven't they? Um, yeah, by by the coys. got a good record against yeah. Leicester. We do. Yeah, so, I like it. Okay, yeah, Jude. Yeah, what was the goal that you lost your shit over the most in a good way? Oh, in a good way. Um, Right. Is it the same again? Yeah, Is it Berg one? I know it's boring, but it, it probably, I mean, it's, it was a ridiculous game, you know. I, I don't even think I managed to watch it that that evening. I was out and about doing something else. And like, I had the classic just push notifications coming through. And we got the first one. I was like, oh, cool, they're going to get a point. And then it was like, fuck, they've got another one. It's 3 2, 97th minute. Another Jesus one. Christ. Yeah. And I'm there in the train station and I'm just losing my shit. And people are looking like tired Londoners. Just being like, can this guy just come the fuck down? Seriously, I need to get back to bed. And I'm just there like, come on! <laughs> and bloody Camden or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, I think I, I think I'd go with that one. I'd go with that one. I mean, I went with, to be I went fair, with Kane, I'd go with Kane. Yeah, Kane and City as well. I mean, yeah. What, what were you saying? I, thought, I, I remember being so deflated that City had got that penalty and just being like, we've played so well. We've defended so well. They've neither sniffed. And we're not going to win. I was so deflated, and then he won it. And it's like there is a god. <laughs> yeah, that's and a good like, for me as well, actually. And then you think as well. I was thinking about like the narrative. It's like, oh, they could have bought Kane. They did it. They undervalued him. <laughs> and it's just, oh, and he's here. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, it. it was very syringy, very inject, injected, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Okay, fun. what was the goal that you got most angry about? 
like what the fuck Tottenham? Um, what the fuck Tottenham? I don't. I don't. I went with. I'm not sure. Probably, probably the Burnley one. Probably the Burnley one. Oh, that's a good one, actually. I went with any of the goals at Arsenal away because that was yeah. the most pathetic I've ever seen us play. Yeah, that was like that we're was playing. Really we're playing that weird no midfielder. <laughs> and so every time Arsenal score, and then you know they were seeing Tottenham get back to the very, they go the whole match, and it was just you know obviously it was nice in the end because we got to do it to them, and that really screwed up their season. So yeah, but we played like was... a high midfield in that loss, didn't we? Oh, it was <laughs> just horrible game. It's one of the Nuno should get a Premier League manager's job again from from that game alone. Just <laughs> don't you don't deserve it. They got the minerals, lad. They got the minerals. It wasn't great. Yeah. All right, what was the that? Yeah. What was the most entertaining match that you watched? So I'm not giving you that Leicester game because you didn't watch it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch it. Um, you didn't watch it because you're a fake fan. Yeah. Like me, who watched every game this season, apart from the 12 that I didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. City, Spurs is there again, the second one, the 3-2. Yeah, I went, um, I went there as well. Just The quality of that game was so good. Yeah, I, like I throw... like Pep goes on about us parking the bus stuff. We didn't. We played really well. We played excellent football, and we caught them out with good moves. Like that, that first goal was a really nicely worked goal. They just exposed. They were all, nice. they were all really yeah. well worked. Like every, yeah, they, they were. Felt, really... Yeah, they were trading codes to us. <laughs> yeah, they got moved them out remarkably, remarkably yeah. easily. Could, could get near us. <laughs> could get near us. Yeah, we were billion pounds spent to get passed around. <laughs> I thought I'd throw I throw, um, I'd throw the, the Villa game in there as well, actually, the 4-0. Because that was that was action all over the place with that game. That game that back. was real back that yeah, that was real gritty back against all forward. Like you see the score in four and you wouldn't believe what happened in that match. Mm. Yeah. But and and then it just kept their cool and just started banging goals in. It was like, oh loads of loads of shit is happening in this game. It's great fun. Yeah. And everything's looking up. Um, I was entertained yeah. for the, whole, the yeah. whole of that game, yeah. to be honest. I, what did you put for least entertaining match of the season? Because I put every single game in the Nuno era. <laughs> you could put, any, any, pick any of them. Even our wins, you pick any of them. You could pick any. There's nothing enjoyable about them. <laughs> yeah, there weren't any... Yeah, there weren't any good ones under Nuno, I don't think. I think the one I settled for was we beat Burnley in the League Cup. Yeah. Apparently. Apparently, I think, that, I think that did. Happen that's something that happened. Recently. I can't remember that one. Yeah, at all. Can't, can't verify it, but you know, it's, not... it's in the history books. You know, I, not... I wasn't there personally, but <laughs> you know, I guess we'll have to take their word for it. So, so real. I think I'd, I'd go with one of the one of the Chelsea losses that we had in December, January. They've all merged into one for me. Exactly. So, and, and none of them were that entertaining. I think. Um, do you like when we scored two goals against him that were so obviously not shouldn't have been allowed and then got disallowed by VAR? Yeah, yeah, there's that one. I think the 2 0 loss in the first leg of that League Cup semi final was pretty, yeah, turgid. Just, just I remember, not entertaining whatsoever, which is good because that's the criteria we're working with now, isn't that? At least entertaining, <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, I'd go with that one. But there was some yeah. bad uh, as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Uh, best Spurs performance, I can't. Nothing else that enters my mind apart from that City game. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's quite cut and dry, uh, isn't it? Yeah. I would say worst Spurs performance. Worst. Uh, the uh, the 3-0 to Manchester United. Nuno's last game. Because that was honking. Could be I don't want to like um, back away and just go for another any game of the new. I want to pick one, and I think the one that I'm going to pick is because I was going to pick. No, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with uh, Vitesse away, which I can remember vividly. Oh, yeah. I went to watch it. I went to watch it with my dad in a. There's a Canadian um, sports bar in uh, Covent Garden, um, and we went to watch it there. And it was it was on at the same time as um, when Roma lost six um, one to Bodo Glimt. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was like flicking between the two screens, and every time I looked at um, the Roma game, they were conceding. But every time I looked at our game, we just weren't doing anything. And then we eventually <laughs> went one 0 down. It was like, well, yeah, that's going to happen. You're playing so badly. It's just this is like proper Pete. I think this was the game that Harry Winks asked about after, like, oh, what do you make of Nuno's rotation policy, which just takes everyone out? And they don't have a chance of playing in the next game. It's just like it's not working. And I was like, yeah. "Really? You think so, mate?" <laughs> yeah, your professional opinion. Team stuff. Yeah, B team. Yeah. Stuff. So that. So again, unbelievable. That was this season. We were in the Conference League. We're in the Conference League. Put cheating out of it, mate. Yeah. Cheating out. Uh, I put this on the. Sh- I put this on the thing. Did you find a weirdest stat? Um, no, I didn't, mate. To be honest, I barely looked at that list you showed me, and um, yeah, that's, I didn't that's, fi- that's fine, mate. I, I, do, pre- I do the preparation. <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't. Okay, I gave you all of Sorry. twenty seconds notice. <laughs> all right, dude. Here's the Zoom call. Here's the stuff that you got to find out. I too, had talk SEO for <laughs> half an hour before. Okay, so I was doing other work stuff. I just didn't get around to finding words now. That's, that's fine, mate. That's fine. Oh, here's okay, one. Actually, Eric Dyer conceded the same amount of penalties <laughs> as he did receive cautions in the league last see? season. See? See? You did do your research. <laughs> see? 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 Yeah. That counts. Yeah. All right? Don't take that it away. It does count. It does count. I actually found a weird one, which was... Weirder than that? I don't think so, mate. <laughs> It's weird that it's hard to really believe. So we finished with one point more than we did in the Leicester title-winning season and one point less in that Gareth Bale AVB season I talked about earlier. And that doesn't feel... That feels like that should be the reverse order where the Leicester season, we should have had like, I don't know, like 75 points or something. Mm-hmm. And then we should have had... 71's about right for the season. But then we didn't, didn't feel like that Bale season. Because that, that, was, that, was, that stood for a while, didn't it, that? 72 point record is like Spurs, yeah, right? Because that was the thing after 15 16 when I was like, Oh, if Potter's so good, how come he doesn't beat ABB's points record? It's just like, Okay, you don't, obviously don't watch Tottenham play, yeah, because that's as good but, as it usually got. And then they smashed it the season afterwards, as yeah. Well. This is my is it? Uh, this goes towards my case that the yeah. league table lies a lot, yeah. No, yeah, that is quite odd. Um, 12 13, they got I think they got beaten quite frequently there, didn't they? They had their yeah. good runs here and there, but like. Yeah, I don't think they went to top. The start was horrible as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we're play, all playing Sandro Livermore in midfield. I love Sandro. Well, tough, 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 tough um, <laughs> yeah, some of those games are bad, weren't they? They, they lost two one to Newcastle on the first day of the season. I think twelve thirteen. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. They, uh, I think they like drew with Norwich at home. 
drew with West Brom. Yeah, I was at, I was at AB's first home game. We drew one one with West Brom. It's not good. Um, it's not good. Yeah, it's just good, terrible. It's a lot. Yeah. There's so much shit in the history of this club. Honestly, <laughs> I could pack it all up and start again if Conte ever goes to the toilet. All right. Okay. What do you think? What was your, what was the biggest sliding doors moment of this season? Uh, <laughs> it's, let's not. Yeah. Let's not say that game. Um, I'm I'll just, keep, <laughs> just I'll just keep it obvious and go with Nuno getting the boot and Conte coming in. I I, yeah. I don't see because I I think the Leicester game was brilliant, but I think Spurs might have gone on a similar run, regardless of whether they got that winner late on. To be honest, yeah, and I think Spurs were they were already heading one way with Nuno, and thankfully they saw it quick enough to give themselves a chance of. Um, rescuing the season, which they eventually did. Yeah, so I'd, I'd go with that one. Yeah, I'm sure there are I, probably I, some I, more, you know, thinking man's interpretations out there. But I'm well, do sure. you know what my thinking man interpretation is? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Well, let always lay it on you, Jude. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, went, I went with I went with um, the North London Derby getting called off. So I had no oh. confidence going into that game they were going to win because Son was injured. We were in that horrible run of form against Chelsea. I did not mm. back us to get... I know Arsenal would have had about 13 players. I would have backed those 13 players to have done a better job than what we had. <laughs> I would like, and I don't know I don't know if Arsenal win, but I don't think we win either. I think that would have changed the course of the season. Yeah. It certainly doesn't set... It doesn't set up the final week of the season the way that it did. Mm. But, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, like, uh, the whole feel around the club in that, yeah, in that January time was just so much more different to the expectation of smashing them in the in the rearranged game so yeah um, yeah that's that's a very fair one i'd say if yeah. they just played it they probably would have been fine then they probably would have got the top four and yeah here we are here we are Shawnee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah anyway um player you'd surprisingly like to sell i don't mean this in a defensive way if there are any players listening i know that all of them do listen they're very avid listeners yeah, they are quite avid listeners, aren't they? Yeah, you know, you get messages all the time. Where's my shout on the pod? <laughs> yeah. Surprising right. player. Um, who? Yeah, who? I guess it's who would you just give up on that you wouldn't really think to give up on? Give up on. There are, there are a few, to be honest, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably give up on Brian Hill quite early on. That was the that, that was the one I went for. I know. It's, I think there's a lot of talent there. I don't think he's ever going to find it here because I look. I actually looked up. He scored about. I think he's played over it's like hundred something games in his career. He scored like ten goals. He didn't yeah. score at Valencia on his loan. Apparently, he did he started really well. Didn't score a goal. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, it's that thing. About if you can find, if you can find some Bayern La Liga, fine. Good luck. Good luck to him. Thanks for <laughs> making me believe in that ten minute spell against Ren in the Conference League. Uh, can we have the number eleven shirt back, please? Did he get number eleven? Yeah, Lord. We saw oh, yeah. we gave severe lamella for Hill and this just ugh. not a good air. Uh... Terrible, terrible. No offense, no offense, no offense, Brian. Terrible. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly. Oh, sorry, Brian. Oh, awful. Um, player, you think that will come good next season? I feel like we might have gone for the same one again. Because I feel like a lot of us would. As a known quantity, yeah. Unless you want to go with your, do you want to go with your gammon 
rattling answer. Do you want to go say a Dombele? Do you think he's finding that kind of good, Jude? I just think he's such a good player that he, if he gets the right environment <laughs> around him, that he has he, two DMs behind him and he's got he's got hard working forwards ahead of him, you know. If Kane does his running for him and Son does his running <laughs> for him and Hoybier does his running for him, then we're going to be just fine. Nah, probably Gio, to be honest, mate. Lacelso, no, not him either. Like, there's just no chance. Um, I'd, I'd like, uh, like, I'd like Dane Scarlett to have <laughs> some games, a few more games or something like that. But I'm I'm really not sure, man. I think it's going to be very like proven winners, experienced players in that team. And like if we have a sort of I'm not sure on any sort of breakout stories for Spurs next season. I'd love it, but I'm, I'm... Do, you want, do you want to hear my theory? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I, I this is quite a Pepe Silvia kind of theory here. Um, but I, and as much as I say this, I think there's equally a chance that he gets sold in the next two weeks and we just don't hear anything about it. We don't know anything <laughs> about it. It's just one of those quick ones. Uh, so here's my argument for Jaffet Tanganga. Um, I think we're going to play a lot of games next year. Like we play, we don't get September international break. So we're, we're playing like, there's going to be a run where we're playing every single midweek, every single midweek, whether that's League Cup or Champions League. So there's going to be a lot of games. I don't trust Romero to stay fit after the season he's had. Uh, I don't know. If we're not going to sign a left centre-back, I'm not sure if we're going to sign a centre-back at all. We might get that. I know we've been linked to Gleison Bremer. I don't know how much we're in for him, per se. But I think that right centre-back role, there's going to be minutes to be filled. I don't know if Sanchez is going to stay. Um, I think Tanganga has the kind of... I think he was really ropey under Conte last year, but I think that's part of everyone was a bit ropey in the matches that he played. I don't think that's all on him. And I thought I think everyone does remember he started the year with a man of match performance. Yeah. He played right back against Man City and he completely shut down Grealish and then they moved Sterling over there. He shut down him as well. I think there is something there. I don't know. I don't think it's quite limited. I think he's he's not going to be like this kind of ball playing defender. I think he's just going to be just a kind of enforcer who has this kind of, as Mourinho says, he's very, he's very fast. So I think that could be quite quite useful. And I think he does get linked to Serie A sides quite a lot. And if you just kind of, maybe that's, they think, oh, he could thrive in a back three in Italy as well. So I don't know, maybe, maybe Conte thinks that as well. And he just, just didn't get a chance last season down the stretch because he was injured a lot and Romero came back. That's my argument. I don't believe in it fully. I'm not buying stock in it. <laughs> But there's the buy presented an argument, and yeah. if it and if it does turn out that he's one of our breakout stars next season, then I'll come back and remind everyone. Yeah, you can clip it up. It would be nice if he. Yeah, could I just, think I yeah. will. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, yeah, he had, he had his run in the team when things were a bit more downbeat at Spurs, and then he was pretty much injured for like the last two months of the season, wasn't he? So he yeah. didn't play at all in that spell when Spurs were pretty good and the centre back options were pretty nailed down to be honest um so it'd be nice if you know when games do come thick and fast if he is available to play in those and then he can he can because he's he's i think he's taken more opportunities than he's squandered really like he's had good games against good opposition like like the city game mm. you, you recall and that liverpool one on his debut was was good as well and he got properly thrust in stack so there was no yeah. indication that he was ever going to be anywhere near the squad yeah for that yeah which is weird 
Um, and I think like he, he could be a good one to learn from Romero as well. I know Romero is still pretty young himself, but like Tanganga is quite a front foot authoritative def- defender. It doesn't always go his way, so he's still learning that that part. Yeah, part yeah. It, but like he plays on the right side as well, so you, you'd hope there could be a little bit of um, a little bit of a bond there, and Jaff could uh, could improve a fair bit before. Yeah, well, like during the years he stays here, if he does. Because yeah, he does get linked to boobs pretty regularly. Um, but I think that's a good shout. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good shout. Thanks, mate. I, pre- I appreciate that. That's all right, mate. I care highly what you think of me. Always honestly, there mate. for you. Thanks, mate. It's okay. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. Enough of that bollocks. Yeah. What was the lowest thought that you had about Spurs? I thought that we that when we if we were going to sack Nuno, which I didn't fully believe was going to happen until I actually did, that we were going to be stuck stuck in that kind of cycle of. Like the Fonseca managers or the Catuso or whatever, and it would just <laughs> eventually we would just fade away and we'd come like eighth or ninth, and it'd be like, well, that's it. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd say I'd say it's pretty similar for me, but like coupled in with a, a, a brief, um, a brief thinking of Arsenal becoming quite good again. With their like, oh god, yeah, that, well. that's a good point actually. So, I, I I came out of the. Do you remember when they were like three points clear of us, but they had like two games in hand? I I was fully. I think I must have said on this pod. I was like, I'm mentally preparing myself for Arsenal to get top four and just living with it. Yeah. And I look back now, and I, and I look back now, and I'm like, oh thank god that didn't happen. Oh my god, <laughs> still wouldn't have been prepared for it. <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd say because I I'd be I've, around the similar sort of time I'd be like going around just chatting football with my mates and quite a lot of them are Arsenal fans and we'd all be talking and they'd be saying yeah we're gonna get top four and I'd be sort of thinking like gr- gritting my teeth a little bit but saying yeah I think you might do it too unfortunately yeah, um, yeah. which is you know which is just a horrible mindset to be in you don't want to be thinking that at any point because it's no fun yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that was probably as low as it got. That was really. good. I mean, September and October weren't great months. Wish I'd thought that. Fuck. <laughs> we might ask to clip this up so that we go around the other way. Yeah, it would, yeah. We'll just introduce you, and then yeah, if you dub, <laughs> if, you, if you record a version of what I just said, I, I'm Jude Summerfield. Yeah, those un, unintelligible ramblings that I just put out into the world. If you just do a copy of those <laughs> and just dub them over, I don't know why oh, yeah. you want to do that. To be honest, oh mate, perfect. I'd love, that's that. not a good idea. <laughs> I'd, I'd love that shit. I'd you know love that, that shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay. We got. I think the big final two. What was the hottest take you had about Spurs? And I want to open with mine because I think it's a little bit insane, but I think I can back it up. You know, that's so you, you know, in the period where, Con- well, you know, you know, when Conte was threatening to walk every week, mm-hmm. I was fully in the mindset of let him do it. Let him go. <laughs> I, I was fully on the train. I, was like, I, I talked to a good friend, Bain Haynes, in the office um, a couple of times. It must have been after one of the bad defeats. I think it might have been the morning after the Burnley defeat. And he was just kind of basically, he was on the train and it was like, we need to give Conte what he wants. And I was like the complete opposite. I was like, the guy clearly doesn't want to be here. He's He, sa- he said he's not doing a good job. If he's not doing a good job, can we re- and he's not here for the long term, then what are we doing? And I just didn't really think that we were going to get the tune out of the team that we did in the last few months of the season. And I think that was a perfectly acceptable view at the time. I thought, you know what? Maybe maybe these Conte, Mourinho, win-now managers aren't suited to a club like us who should be... We should be like Dortmund, but better. We should, like, 
sign young players and then sell them for profit and then not just keep them until they're not worth anything anymore. And yeah, that was my opinion. Well, it was quite it was quite a tough time to make a real judgment about it, wasn't it? Because they win one game, one week. That is, that is my that's my argument. Yeah, and then they <laughs> and they go midweek and lose somewhere ridiculous. It was like, oh, I'm not really sure what to think of this first team. And Antonio is not really making himself that appealing <laughs> with what he's saying. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a bit. It's it's yeah. I I think that's perfectly acceptable, mate. Um, thanks, mate. Yeah. Thanks, mate. I'm sure I'll get stuck that way. <laughs> To, to turn the camera off. Fucking yeah. idiot, sure, aren't you? Seriously, you don't know what you're talking. <laughs> what about, do you know about mate? football? You've done it again. Um, <laughs> He's done it again. <laughs> Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What was the hottest take you had? Um. You can you can say it could be something that you're right about. It doesn't have to be like wrong like that. I don't get much right. That's the problem. Um. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. I think. I think there were there were a lot of calls for Poch to come back post Nuno and I'd say I'm still quite firmly opposed to the sort of Ooh, I think I agree with that around that you know yeah. I think it still needs a few more years to um it's not it needs to, to be like a, a new bit. team yeah yeah it needs it I think either one of Kane or Son needs to not be here yeah I think he's he's gonna need just the the, the basis of the team to just to just blend when he does come back rather than yeah any sort of I, I'd say if he came back and he still had players that worked for him or played under him the first time I'd say I'd be a, I'd be a, I think that'd be too soon um, yeah so, for sure to be honest like I I think romanticize about Potjo you want but like let's stay focused in the now yeah I think now is quite I've yeah, I'm definitely in the camp where it's like I can romanticize about him and I would defend the era to the death, like people who like play it down or bad enough. I'm like proper defensive about it. But at the same time, I'm not gagging for him to come back now. Like yeah. I thought we were linked, linked to him heavily last summer as well, I think, as well. And I was just like, no, that was like that was way too soon. Like replacing the guy who replaced you and he wasn't even here for like a like, full season. It's just like I can't no, not now, not now. Yeah. In the future, I, maybe. Let's see, let's see if he leaves. He looks like to leave PSG. Let's see where he goes next. Let's see what kind of job he does there. Because I was a bit towards the end, I was a bit concerned that obviously I think he put too much emotion into the job. But I was a bit concerned on the pitch in that he didn't have a way to evolve once he was kind of found out like the way that we played. And I think that's kind of a genuine criticism. So I would like I don't think everything that happened in PSG was his fault because I don't think he was suited to being the guy there. Like it's just a horrible job to really walk into, really. Yeah, I would like to see prime Poch. I'd like to see him go to like Juventus or something, get something going, little title charge here or there, little Champions League run, little yeah. pressing system. Yeah, Ruby's still got it. Good fun. Um, and he's yeah. like, PSG isn't a club that you can really go to and like relight your fire for coaching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be honest, like, yeah. Uh, as, as history has proven, it happens after you leave PSG. You know, Emery, I know he went to Arsenal, but then he went to Villarreal and he's got mm-hmm. home there. He's done amazing stuff there. Too cool. Literally six months after leaving PSG, won the Champions League. Now one of like consensus top five coaches in the world, I think. Yeah. Poch should be next. So yeah. So you don't have to prove yourself as a top manager by going to PSG. I think yeah, he will exactly. show yeah. himself as a good yeah. manager wherever he goes. Yeah. I think yeah, Prem sure. is quite likely, but we'll see. Yeah. Okay, Jude, our final question of our season review, our long season review. It's a happy one. What was your single favourite moment of the season? What was like the moment, the single point 
where you're at your highest, where you had the most ecstasy. <laughs> well, I, I think you can't say about... that Leicester game again. Think... You can't say that Leicester game at the train station. No, I was going to say like when I was uh, in a skip at 3am on a Tuesday morning. That's what I was going to say. That was, that, was the, <laughs> that, was the, that was the biggest high I got through the whole season. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I'll throw, I'll throw um, Rob Holding's red card against Spurs out there <laughs> as the single moment that brought me the most joy. Because at that point, it was like, okay, we're not. Oh, this is over. This is this is done. We're going to enjoy a lovely, comfy win over Arsenal in the most um, straightforward circumstances. They've given us some good banter from this game that we can use in the future. Um, and it was just a hilarious, hilarious moment where he just shoves his arm into someone's face. Um, so you know what that, and I'd say Sonny getting the golden boot on the final day of the season as well. Because that was that oh, was that very was nice. joyous. I, think, I don't think either of us got to actually see it because we were both at games on that day. Yeah, but, um, yeah. But hearing about it sounds great. It did sound great. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like a right hoot nanny, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't verify that it's happened, but you know, people oh, tell no. me <laughs> it was sources. great. You should have been there. We have good sources who say it was a good yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds like a laugh. Yeah. What about yeah. what about you, Sean? I think. Yeah, I think for me it was either uh, I think I said before one of the, the last podcast we did, um, I turned my phone off um, ahead of the Newcastle Arsenal game. Um, <laughs> I turned it back on at full time, just kind of like proper sim to end video game kind of fashion, and, mm-hmm. and I turned it on. I saw the scores two 0 to Newcastle, and just like the 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 way that it just kind of hit me was like the pure XC. It was like it was like we basically kind of secured the top four in and I know I've said. Mm-hmm. I was embarrassingly terrified in the week leading up to it about not being able to get a point against Norwich. But it did feel in that moment, it was like, we've done it. We fun- <laughs> we did it. Uh, and I think apart from that, uh, we went three to up in the derby because it was just kind of like, you just be able to enjoy it. Like because they had 10 men, they just looked so pathetic. It was just like, <laughs> oh, life is good. And I was, and I was sat down. Um, the guy next to me was a prominent Arsenal journalist. He was a big Arsenal fan. And it was just like the kind of, I didn't like look at him or talk to him or anything, but it's just, I could just like, like my peripheral vision, he was not happy. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. just raging in his but, seat. But, you know, oh, you know, no, yeah, you know, as you say, I'm, I'm a professional. I don't, I don't get involved in that in the press box. Oh, no, of course not. You're calling the, yeah. the game right down the middle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Apart from all those times I celebrated all those goals wildly. <laughs> And started screaming at Levy. <laughs> I can see you. I can see you. You can see yeah. me. Yeah, he wasn't very happy when I did that. So. I still can't believe you did that, Sean. It was quite mad, really. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, me <laughs> yeah, probably let's try it again. Do it every game. It's tradition. Yes, next season. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was good. That was, do you know what I said? I said at the start, it was nice to have good memories of this season. Because we don't get a lot of amazing seasons like the way it finished. So I'm glad that we finally got time to sit down and talk about it, Jude. Yes, the last few, yeah, so what, 19, 20, 20, 21, there have been snippets of good stuff, but on the whole, they've been pretty bleak. So the graph where it's like, where it's like, did Spurs get top four? No. Was Mourinho the manager? Yes. <laughs> so, good, pretty good summary of how it felt to be a Spurs 
down the last decade or so. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, lots yeah, of we got positives from that season and yeah. things are looking up again, which is... Yeah. And we can look nice. ahead to a nice 22-23 campaign soon. I yeah. so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's all we've got time for today. It'll be a long one from us. Oh, this is, we have no structure now, Sean. I mean, I, we did have some structure today, but you know, <laughs> we're all over the place. You know, but These are just descending yeah. into hour-long podcasts of chaos i like it to be honest yeah. you know yeah. in and out in 30 minutes wasn't the style beforehand it was like oh i've still got a lot of the day to work but now we've 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 used up an hour and a half <laughs> 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 i mean i'm on the late shift and so i've got fucking loads to do now but <laughs> it's good yeah. it's, it's it's something that you know i'll take the hell of that one that's fine always well always keep the chat coins Cheers, man. Cheers, That's what I was searching cheers, for. Cheers, cheers. I was cheers, just angling mate. for that, which is nice. Yeah. 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 Cheers, mate. All right. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us talk complete nonsense for about an hour and a half. Uh, if you haven't subscribed uh, on your podcast platform, please do. It really helps us leave a review. And we'll see you next time. Come on, you Spurs. Well, Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.